Welcome to Herd Gear. Milwaukee Bucks for one quarter of the way through their season, and we wanted to do an impromptu podcast. Uh, just kind of talk about some of the things that have been happening in the recent weeks, and just kind of recap the season. With me, unfortunately, the man himself, JP, is not here, but we have Gus. Hi, Gus, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Benny? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. There's a, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, we couldn't really wait a whole week to chat. Uh, just a lot of topics, even since our last podcast, which just came out a few days ago, and I guess right at the bat, so we're sitting at 12-9, and nine, so a little, uh, little past quarter way through the season. Gus, what are your quarter season thoughts? Expectations succeeded thus far? I think so. I can't believe how quickly it's going by already 20-plus games into the season. There have been some, some hiccups, no doubt, in the past couple weeks for sure, especially on the defensive end, and guys don't seem to bring the same effort consistently. But overall, I still think they're kind of in the wheelhouse to to reach their goal. And time's going to tell here in the next month to see if they can keep it going. But I still want to see them get to 50 games. I think that should be the goal. Yeah, it's it's a little hard to say. You know, I was looking at that too. So, you know, it'd be, it gets tricky with 82 because it's hard to really, you know, split it in four. But uh, let's say figuratively, you know, 12 times four, you're looking at 48 wins. I predicted low 50s um, in our some of our podcasts right before the season started. So a little bit uh, below expectations. So it's just been an interesting start, you know. It's I mean we've made probably the biggest trade in the NBA since the season started. So just kind of a crazy start to the season. So it's hard to really say, but you know, I you know if you've been listening, you'll hear my criticisms. But what I do like is if you look at our three most played lineups. So if you look at the the starting lineups with uh, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Tony Snell, Giannis, Chris Middleton, and John Henson. That that Henson that lineup is doing fantastic. And then if you sub in Thon Maker um, for John Henson, that lineup is also doing well. And then if you sub, sub in Eric Bledsoe for Malcolm Brogdon, I mean you're looking at three way, way and above plus lineups. So you know unfortunately things have been chaotic. Um, you know I've I've talked about how some of kids lineups drive me crazy and those sorts of things. But if you you know if you look at our core seven guys. And you're looking at not too far, you know, now where you're maybe bringing Jabari back. I think we have a strong core that's winning us some games. We've, you know, of our nine losses, a lot of them are just games we really shouldn't have lost. This is something we struggled with for a long time. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say a little bit below expectations. I kind of thought, you know, I, I try, I've, I've tried to give kid the benefit of the doubt. You'd think year four, uh, you know, by now he'd kind of know how to utilize our talent. So I'm going to say a little bit below expectations. Yeah, it's such an emotional roller coaster with with these guys, Jason Kidd especially, I, I'm having a really hard time figuring out if if I believe in him or not, you know? Like, it, it just changes, like, on a whim's notice. It's like every week it seems like I'm either, okay, Jason Kidd might be the guy that, to get us there, and then a couple games later we go on a skid, and it's like I lose all confidence in him. So that's I, there's some there's still some question marks. Jason Kidd's one of them. But overall, I think that if I looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season and I look at where we're at now, I probably would have put us around this area, especially at the beginning of the, of the year. We played some tough teams. So 12-9 and nine at this point is not too bad. We're definitely in the game. We're definitely in the playoff race a quarter of the way through. Let's see if we can string together a couple longer winning streaks. And that's something I haven't seen the Bucks do in a really long time. Like a really long, I want to see a really substantial win streak. Like, yeah, even eight or even 
10 games. Yeah. I mean, nothing nothing record-setting. So, to kind of get into some of the news and, you know, one of the reasons why I also wanted to podcast. So, there's been a lot of rumors. We could have probably hit this in the last podcast. But there's been a lot of talks of uh, this DeAndre Jordan trade. Mm-hmm. Um, DeAndre Jordan is one of my favorite players in the league. My favorite players in the league are Lonzo Ball, Nick Young, Giannis, Nick Young again, <laughs> Lonzo Ball again, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Jo- Joel Embiid. Those are my those are probably my favorite players in the league. Um, I've been a huge fan of him. I just think his game is fascinating. He's the the all time he's the all time career leader in field goal percentage. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. How many of them are dunks though? Did you look well, ex- but exactly that's you know that's the thing is he's taking efficient baskets. Oh, I mean a, sure. a lot of them, but he's cre- you know with his physicality, he's creating those opportunities. So, it, yeah, if the guy could shoot free throws, like let's say he shot, let's say he even shot in the high sixties. High sixty percent. I just, I just think his game's fasting. I know he doesn't get the most blocks in the league, but when you just look at the impact, like the rebounds. Yeah. What I notice sometimes he doesn't get blocks just because I see people terrified to drive on him. Like it's just oh DJ's in the lane. Like okay, well we're staying out of the lane. So I've been a huge fan. Uh, uh so initially the summer we signed Greg Monroe. Actually, DeAndre Jordan signed first. The initial report was that he uh, was gonna have a meeting with the Bucks at that point. Um, before he almost went to the Mavs and then went to the back to the Clippers, I was so excited back then, but it didn't work out. Does it make sense to bring him on right now? Uh, I'm gonna go with no. So the reports are saying that uh, the, they're interested in John Henson, Malcolm Brogdon, and Chris Middleton, and would want at least two of three. Now you know with the Eric Bledsoe trade, you did see that sort of thing negotiated. Greg Monroe wasn't mm-hmm. really initially on the table, but the, it gets tricky with with Jandre Jordan. So he has a 24.1 million that he could opt in for next year. First of all. I don't know if he would opt in. Second of all, if he does, that's a lot of money. And I just, you know, with the trade for uh, Eric Bledsoe, you're already removing some of our cap flexibility and taking a risk on him, which, you know, looks like it maybe is paying off thus far. But, wow, that just sets up our – we have – you know, if if we do this trade, uh, we'll get into, you know, how good these players are maybe compared to DeAndre Jordan. But (laughs) even if he is a really good player, I just – that – we have a horrible cap structure as it is right now. It would be even worse. Yeah, I I think DeAndre Jordan, obviously he's one of the best bigs in the league. It's interesting the players that they want. I mean, I don't know if they, re- I don't know if this is coming from the Clippers. Like, I don't know if they're requesting like, hey, we'd really like to take John Henson off your hands. You know, along with Middleton, if they want two of three of those guys, Middleton, Henson, and who else, who else were they wanting? Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. See, Brogdon, I. Brogdon I'm a little bit not concerned with, but since the Bledsoe trade, Brogdon has kind of I'm not he's not hasn't regressed, but he looks a little less comfortable. He looks less well, himself. Well, and that's also, there. you know, one of the things we talked about on the coaching, I cannot figure out why we have games where he's playing 18 minutes. That makes no sense to me at all. Right. Well, like, I think it's tough to it's tough now cuz Bledsoe well, it, it, had it, to take it, his minutes. Okay, it, it is tough, but the thing is if you oh, let's say you just look at Bledsoe Snell and Malcolm Brogdon at the one and two. If you do the math, you can still play all of them 32 minutes a game. So there's no yeah. reason why Malcolm Brogdon. Well, you're giving minutes to people like Delhi, like Liggins. G- well, Liggins is getting a lot of minutes, yeah, but he, he should. There is no reason ever that Malcolm Brogdon should be under 30. There is no reason, and you can play 30 minutes off the bench. So uh, some of that performance, I think, a little bit is more of our coaching. They're not utilizing our young talent. But the thing, the thing about Brogdon is, okay, let's say for the sake of argument, DeAndre Jordan is a better player than Malcolm Brogdon, which he is. I mean, you're looking oh, at yeah, uh, he, he is. I mean, uh, he's, he's a great player. You're looking at all NBA center, all first team uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, still kind of in his peak. You're looking at a much better player. But with Brogdon, 
you know, you've got the what does he make? Like three thirty three point six million a year, right? Yeah. Now He's still in his we rookie. have him for three more years on the rookie deal potentially. So that cap flexibility. If you look at the good teams like the Warriors, the Spurs, they have a lot of cheap contracts, and you have to have those cheap contracts. So I just. I'm hesitant to trade him too. I think he's gonna. Yeah. I would say Malcolm Brogdon. If there's anybody on the Bucks, maybe other than Giannis, Malcolm Brogdon's the guy that's got the championship caliber makeup. Like I can, I guarantee you, somewhere along Malcolm Brogdon's career, he's going to be on a championship level team. Yeah. And he might. He, I would not be surprised if he wins at least a championship in his career. He just he brings it on both ends. He's got a great attitude. Those are the guys that. NBA teams really want to have on their teams, especially as role players, which I think at this point he still is a role player. I don't think he's really – he's not quite good enough to be considered a starting NBA point guard, I think, you know, consistently throughout his career unless he really gets a lot better. But I'm hesitant to trade him. He's a really high-valued player because of his contract situation. But, you know, we are going – if you want DeAndre Jordan, you're going to have to part ways with somebody like a Malcolm Brogdon. And we have such a logjam – at the guard position right now, it's like you got to get rid of somebody. I I agree with you that he probably should be playing more minutes than he is, but there's, there's there is room for him to play thirty. The problem is when you're when you have your two way contract players whose friends are probably whose dad's probably friends with Jason Kidd starting games, <laughs> and you just you get into these really dumb decisions. That's where you get away. Well, from but minutes. who does he take though? You have you have Ligon. You, you take have... away minutes from Delhi. You from but Delhi, Delhi, but Delhi's not playing right now. Okay, but 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 you know that. They're gonna be we're gonna be giving him deli minutes when he comes back. You know we're gonna be where giving him minutes. though. Like whose minutes? Does well, that's he take? what I'm saying. He's gonna be taking him away. But why is Liggins playing more than Malcolm Brogdon? Malcolm Brogdon is part of the future of our team. We can do what we have a uh, Liggins on a minimum contract. I'm not I'm not, I'm not trying to trash Liggins like he's done some good things this year. But Brogdon is a piece of the future of our team. There's no reason why he should be playing 18 minutes a night sometimes. There's no reason at all. Even if it, for the sake of argument, even if it were to be detrimental to the team to have him on the court a little more. These are the guys you're developing. Jason Terry played, what, like 24 minutes the other night? Right, it, yeah. These are the guys we're trying to develop. DeAndre Liggins, okay. I, I look, Don't get me wrong. Liggins is a horrible, I like Liggins too. I like horrible him too. offensively. But, man, against opposing guards, especially like star guards, like – even what he he slowed down McCollum and Lillard the other night pretty well. You know, I think he's a guy that, you know, we said this on earlier podcasts, he's a guy that can come in and really disrupt that guard position, which is probably the strongest position in the NBA, that point guard position. So it's like DeAndre Liggins is a is a valuable asset we, to the team. I don't. Just, it's hard to keep him off. We the have floor. to think about how we're building our team. If you look at the Bucks, we've been how bad we've been for so long. It's because we have not developed our picks. We have horribly mismanaged. Look at all. We were just talking about Andrew the other day. All of the the former Bucks players that are good on other teams, Especially because we did not rounders. we did not invest in these players. Because we've always had this mentality of oh let's get, get you know like and again like I'm not gonna get too deep into this Rashad Vaughn thing again. But you've mm. got Rashad Vaughn who's young and I you know you know we kind of gave up on him already. We didn't give him the, you know, the rookie <laughs> option. But you've got Jason Terry playing 24 minutes and you have people like Rashad Vaughn, Sterling Brown not getting any minutes, and then you're cutting into Brogdon's minutes as well. So it's frustrating. I want to develop this team. I don't think we're we're going to win the championship this year. Yeah, I, I want to de- I want to develop our team. But they but clearly, you know, look at the rebounding stats for the Bucks. It's they're in the bottom five, or at least they were earlier. You know, maybe before this week they're in the bottom five. Obviously, the weakness on the team is at that in the post post area. It's definitely in the rebounding. Um, 
areas of, of the court. So you're looking at John Henson and Thon Maker. Thon is not even close to, you know, playing really high level. No, and I, Henson's played the best he's ever played, but I think Henson at his best is maybe a backup center yeah. on a championship team. The, there's, it's not it's not really a surprise that the Bucks are a bad rebounding team when you look at those are the top two bigs we have. So, But then you look at our guard position, we're super deep, including a guy like Rashad Vaughn, who we don't even know what we have with him because he can't get on the floor just because we have we have so many because guys. We're playing there. granddad, forty-one-year-old Jason Terry, who isn't good, has some of the worst advanced stats of <laughs> of anyone really. Now, granted, he has barely played. Like that was not lately. Yeah, th- but the last two the games, last week, these are all yeah. times where we could have been giving Rashad Vaughn a shot, and we're putting in granddad. We put him in against the <laughs> Kings, and we gave up a huge lead because he's horrible, and <laughs> it's it, it's frustrating. So DeAndre Jordan, you know, and it, it's going to depend with the cap structure. There's a lot of moving parts. He is someone I'd be interested in making play for in free agency next summer. I don't know if we could snag him or not. But well, who would you who would you give up for him right now? Like what? Like if they want I two of the three, I, who would you give up? I I don't want a twenty four point one million dollar expiring deal. I don't I would I don't I wouldn't give up anyone. Right, but what if they? So John Henson clears up. You know he doesn't cancel out all yeah. of that. But what if they took a a Della Vadova off the books or took a Mirza off the books too? Yeah, that, that yeah that gets interesting. So yeah, if they it, you know I would and like you yeah it gets tricky. You like, know what I mean? I would I would. See, like the thing is, I like Middleton. I like Brogdon. I don't want to give them up. Yeah. I, I, I don't know at this point that I would give up either. And I, I don't know. I, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll give up Brogdon. I think I would trade Brogdon. Maybe Brogdon Henson, and Henson if they would take. Yeah. If yeah. they would take. But yeah. I mean, I, I mean, for them, I guess they're getting the only real asset they're getting is Brogdon. I don't think they'd make that trade. Yeah. But you know, it, it, the reports are saying they maybe would do a Brogdon and Henson. But don't you think part of the trade is because that team is going nowhere pretty quick here? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're gonna they're gonna be rebuilding. Yeah. So part of it is just getting him off the books, and if they can take somebody that's expiring, like you know, and is Mirza expiring this year? No, no. They've got he's got one more year after this year. Mm-hmm. So who else is expiring after this year on our team? Anybody? Um, the, at the end of this year, Rashad Vaughn is expiring because we didn't pick up the option. Yeah. I mean, all those. Henson's th- the biggest one, I think. He, yeah. And he's got two and, more Well, the thing about Henson's, I don't know that Henson necessarily is the worst contract on the team anymore. C- going into the year, we kind of yeah. were saying that, but I think Delhi and Telly are easily the worst contracts right now. Would, it, would they be opposed to taking, like, a Jabari Parker? Because. You know, his name's been, and that, that's just the Jabari situation gets so interesting too. Because yeah. I I don't know that where does he they, fit in. I don't when know he comes if they back. want him though. I I don't know that. I don't think there's a value for Jabari Parker in the league right now. Well, we should move on to our next topics here. We might have to do kind of a qu- quicker episode. We were going to talk quickly about the herd on Friday. So they did the home opener in the actual stadium, and it was interesting. And I feel like it wasn't publicized that much because I didn't hear about it until like right before the game that DJ Wilson was playing. I didn't know that either. So DJ Wilson and uh, Sterling Brown played. DJ Wilson had 24. Uh, most of them were mid-range jump shots, oddly enough. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still not really not still not really sold on DJ Wilson. It's good to see him putting the ball through the net. And I, I do like that we're at least giving these guys some run. I'll say that. I, I, I like that we're at least giving them a chance to play, you know, somewhere. And as much as, like, I'm, I like developing young players. I almost think that I'd rather just be giving minutes to DJ Wilson here than uh, yeah than on the actual Bucks right now. He has some range too. He had three three of five from three pointer. Yeah. So he he isn't just a mid range guy. It looks like he can hit that three pointer. Yeah, and, and I think the problem that you're gonna have with him in the actual court of the NBA is the thought maker problem. You know, he can kind of shoot, but it's like mm-hmm. what else can he do? He's a twig. He's not gonna be able to play defense. 
Yeah. He has some long arms. But, no, I like that, you know, while he kind of gets his feet wet in the NBA, we're giving him some run there. I hope that we play him quite a bit, uh, honestly. he's The thing is, he's old. You know, he's, tw- he's what, 21? So we need to be getting him experience somewhere. He's not getting any younger. Um, it's, it's it's not one of those, like, Thon Maker situations last year where it's like, okay, it wouldn't really have made much sense last year because, you know, his body can't handle the, the 82 games as is. He's a 19-year-old kid just from high school. But with these guys, Brown and Wilson, I like seeing them play. So it's encouraging to see him get the ball through, you know, to go through the net. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with them staying down there for a little bit too or, or playing on that team periodically because, yeah. frankly, there's just there's no there's no place for him right now with no. the way that this te- that our you know our normal team is moving here so he does need to get some minutes it might as well be there i don't think that he's can fit in in the rotation right now under jason kidd and and the thing is and especially once we get mirza back especially there's that, not where's he yeah. gonna, where's he well, yeah, go? the, the problem with this right now is and it's not really a problem those two injuries delhi and mirza have actually i think helped the team a little bit well and like we talked about you know so you look at the advanced stats of what our best lineups have been if you take those top seven players on our team yeah you mix them around anyway we're a pretty good basketball team Mm-hmm. You know, we are a pretty good basketball team with those top seven players. And then once you get, you know, granddad on the court, you get Delhi on the court, you get those guys, um, you know, we're kind of hit or miss, um, especially when you look at the minutes where Giannis is off the court. So we wanted to talk real quick, too, about our uh, – we just thought we'd throw in an interesting, fun topic tonight. Um, oh. Andrew, what do you have to say? Well, yeah, this was something I wanted to bring up because – and I don't know if anybody else notices this or been thinking about it, but I think that Jim Paschke – and Marcus Johnson, they've got to be some of the worst like TV commentators in the NBA. I, and maybe they're not. They're... But what do you think? Because, I mean, listen, I sometimes I'll turn on NBA TV and I'll watch some of the other games during the week. And you know how they, they go in and out of different games? And you'll hear, like, the local guys. And the local the local guys for other teams are, like, pretty good. You know, they well, – Yeah. So Jim Paschke and Marcus Johnson, it's like when I hear Jim Paschke's voice, all I think about – is just losing basketball because he's been the guy forever. Like last year, what we celebrated is a hundredth year as the commentator or whatever. It, I mean, the dude's a dinosaur, and he's been doing it forever. He's don't get me wrong, he's you know he's done a good job, but and maybe it's just because I'm annoyed with him and tired of him. But I just think he's just so he just reminds me of the the old losing bucks. The, yeah, like the marquee 2008. Oh, let's get yeah. the, let's get the eighth seed. Right. Let, let's get the eighth seed every year. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I just I like him more than Johnson. I just don't know that Marcus Johnson's bad too. And I, you know, I think I'm sure he was a smart, smart guy, smart basketball player back in the day. I don't like him as the announcer. Just I don't like. Yeah. He doesn't really add a lot to me. Telly Hughes, I do like a lot. Yeah, I Telly think, Hughes and Ted Davis are my two favorite. Yeah, Telly Hughes is fantastic. Well, Ted Davis, I, Ted Davis should do the. Oh the yeah, TV yeah. He'd too. almost he'd almost be too exciting. No, so so last year I I. Counted. I watched seventy-eight of the eighty-two Bucks games last year. I did miss four. Yeah. Um. But I made a strong effort on because I was uh, actually at the time I was living in Kentucky. Um. So I was using NBA TV, and I made a strong effort to use the away stream. Mm. So I was able to hear kind of all the different announcers, and I, I would put uh, Paschke and Marquise Johnson middle to lower end of the pack. Not the worst. Th- yeah. There, there were some really bad ones. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you have to imagine some of those situations are kind of like who you know, you know, you know the right person, you get this job. I mean, there were some announcers that, frankly, I don't know if understood the game of basketball and would just say the dumbest things and would just every call get upset. It's like you know what, just 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 let the guys play and just you know let the refs make the calls. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see you know as we you know get a new arena if we uh, 
you know, hopefully uh, get improve as a team if that's going to be who we have in the future in the box? I think they need to at least look at it. I, I, Telly's the only guy. From the FSN Wisconsin crew, Telly's the only guy that yeah. I keep, I think. I like Telly. Like, the thing about Paschke is he's he's supposed to be the play-by-play guy. So he's supposed to be doing, like, when the play, when, when the guys come down the court, somebody scores, somebody commits a foul, he's the guy that's supposed to be calling all that stuff out. Kind of like how Ted Davis is. Did. Is John still doing the games this year? He was. He did the other one. Because he's, uh, yeah, I think he's he's too doing, taking he's just less doing home load. games. Yeah, and yeah. what I like about John is that he was part of that 71 team. Yeah. And so I... I, I, I so that's how they do yeah. this. You notice, like they had Sidney Moncrief a couple years yeah. ago too. Like, it's cool having people that are, like part of cool Bucks history. Like, I, if anything, I, I would yeah. be fine with keeping on John coming in here and there. Like, I mean, everyone loves John he's, in Milwaukee. He's going to be done pretty soon, though. But he's, he's yeah, he's getting he's getting up. He's getting phased out. He's a he's a great guy, part of that championship team. But it'll be interesting to see where we go um, with that. But yeah, we just thought we'd throw him like a little fun conversation. I, Probably the only time we'll hit on that all year this year. <laughs> yeah, if you watch games, just listen Listen for that. He's getting more, increasingly more annoying, at least to me. Listen and, to us and, tw- and tweet at us. Send us a tweet with your thoughts. <laughs> he, I, can, you, I can talk all day about Jim Paschke, so we should just move on from this. Kind of, I'm Frankly, I'm just, I don't like the guy. Well, that's all we actually have for tonight, I believe. Uh, this is just kind of an impromptu quarter of the year um, podcast we wanted to throw in. Uh, I did just write an article. Uh, you should check it online. I was kind of talking about Chris Middleton and his all-star odds. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I did predict he would make the all-star. and kind of where. Actually, while we have you on the air, Andrew, uh, what would you say? Do you, what do you think his odds are right now? Man, I don't know. I, I did see a stat the other night that Giannis and Chris Middleton are the, the two. They have the highest. Was that Eastern Conference or total? Yeah, no, I think it was, I think just, it was just Eastern Conference. Yeah, they have, the, they have the highest in the Eastern Conference for points per game between you know two players. So... And I don't know if they were just measuring shooting guards and small forwards or if it was any two players yeah. from the starting five. But either way, the fact that he's up there in that conversation, I think his if you know, if he can string together some games where he's consistently scoring in the mid twenties and, and throwing in a few like thirty point games, I think he'll be in he's definitely in the conversation. I don't know how the rest of the Eastern Conference shooting guards are doing statistically, but I think he's gonna have a, sh- a chance. It's just time will tell. We're only a quarter way through, so we'll see in the next probably month if he's he's gonna make a run at that. I won't uh, repeat redundant information, but I encourage you to check out my uh, blog post at herdofdeer.com. That's the most recent one. Herd of Deer. You have a good night. Peace out.